Welcome to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach. Texas A&M pulled off a sweep of the Mississippi schools for the first time since 2013. With a 49-30 victory over Mississippi State Saturday at Kyle Field, the 49 points scored were the most versus a Power 5 team since the 2014 opener at South Carolina. That was 52 points that night. you got to go back five calendar years. The 19-point margin of victory is the largest in a single game since a 21-point win over Arkansas back in 2016. Now, the Aggies produced over 400 yards of offense. They racked up over 200 yards rushing for the first time this season in a Power 5 game. The a defense also gave up over 400, over 230 on the ground. They allowed 30 points, but also produced three turnovers. That's the most versus a Power 5 team since the 2017 season opener at UCLA. Yes, the game where A&M blew a 34-point lead in the last 17 minutes. I know it's too soon, but that's actually a pretty interesting note there. you got to go back to the 17 opener. In that game where A&M blew the 34-point lead in the last quarter plus about two to three minutes, they did have three fumble recoveries in that football game. So you go back that far against a Power 5 team, Last time, the Aggies had three turnovers plus in a game. A&M hosts UTSA in an out-of-conference contest Saturday. It's an 11 o'clock kick for back-to-back weeks at Kyle Field on the SEC Network. Coming up in the program, we will dive back into that win over the Bulldogs. We'll pick games in Week 10 around the SEC and look at the matchup between A&M and UTSA. Joined by Texas columnist Dolan Buchanan, Cole Kublik of the SEC Network, and Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio. All that and more next on the Texas Ag's Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Hey, Greg, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack. Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? That is really scary. You should call my life insurance agent at Health IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my family for just $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com slash easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com slash easy? Yep. HealthIQ.com slash easy. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter and Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter and Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter and Company can do for you. Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report. It's time to look back on that win over Mississippi State as we welcome in Olin Buchanan, Tex-Ags columnist to the studio. Now that is what we've been waiting for. Was it a perfect game? No. 
Was it as complete a game and performance as we've seen this year? Absolutely. And it's exactly what you wrote about. You called for it in your column on Wednesday is, is this team capable of playing a complete game? And then what does that look like? And you laid out a bunch of metrics and really, by and large, and when you just look and observe what happened on the field Saturday with your eyes, they played about as complete, definitely the best game of the year start to finish from the quarterback all the way down and a a darn near complete performance. There are some things you can nitpick, but... 19-point win in the SEC West. Yeah, it was, and there was some uh, – yeah, you know, they, they still got to clean up some things on defense. 93 rushing yards was gained on three plays. Right. So – Another 200-plus yeah, against that defense. Just yeah. get a little bit better there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when I say a little bit, you know, there was one – we talked about this off air. There was one play, their, their longest run of the of the day from Mississippi State. Your, your best linebacker hit the guy right in the hole. And yep. j- just lost, um, you know, lost his grip on him. Mm-hmm. So if you make that play where you made contact, man, that changes so much because I think they scored on that on that drive. But yes, um, you know, they got that one garbage touchdown late, and who cares about that unless you had you know certain numbers in the in the squares or on a bet. Yeah, because even then you knew A and M was covered. Yeah. That. So uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was as as close to a complete game. Now, Jimbo Fisher says it's not a complete game, and I understand why he says that, but as close as you're going to get or that, as you've gotten so yeah. far. that Without a doubt, I think we can all agree the best game they've played this yes, year. Yes, an encouraging showing. Over 400 total yards. That's the first time against a Power 5 team. a has been over 400 this year. The first 200-yard game against a Power 5 team this season as well. Two, uh, rushing, 207 on the ground for A&M. No sacks allowed, which was very encouraging. Uh, and the defense. And they were blitzing on every play. Oh, they were those, from all kinds of directions. Yeah. I mean, their whole deal was you can beat that offensive up front. And we're going to bring that offensive line up front, and we're going to bring numbers yeah. and and force Kellen to make quick decisions, figure out his hot reads, and he was in sync. I don't. This guy threw some accurate balls. I only remember one drop, and it actually was caught by A and M off of Weidermeyer's hands to Rogers. So no drops. The guys realized when they were hot in blitz situations. Mon threw right over the top of the blitz. How many times? Mm-hmm. You know, really zone read decisions when to pull it, when to give it. He made excellent game management decisions in this game and threw a very accurate ball. And he also ripped off seventy six yards without yeah. allowing a single yard lost. Well, yeah, he played. Uh, I'm not going to say his best game ever, but probably his best game of this season. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the offensive line, uh, despite all that pressure, uh, they were able to to protect him well enough where he he could get it off with the hot reads and all those. So, um, really, you would would have a really difficult time coming up with anything offensively. Did they have a turnover? They sure didn't. So, so right. So You have to nitpick like I was trying to nitpick before the show and say, hey, no targets for Anaya Smith, but that is nitpicky because of how good Rodgers and Osmond and Davis were. Yeah, again, who and you take Weidemeyer. out? Uh, and they only threw seventeen times, so because I think that's right. No, I mean twenty three times. Yeah. Only threw twenty three mm-hmm. times. Um, uh, ran the football pretty well. So yeah, I think from an offensive standpoint, yeah. uh, I don't know what you could complain about. Highest completion percentage for Mond. Yeah, like seventy four percent. Yeah, yes, a shade under seventy four percent for Mond. Third down conversion rate, 72.7. You got to go back against a Power 5 team to Johnny against Missouri in 2012. Remember, remember when he got hurt? Game, yeah. He came back. He's kind of like Willis Reed. Yeah, came back in there. They were 12 of 16 that day, 75%. But I, just a shade under that one, 72.7 conversion rate at 8 of 11. You're going back to 2012. will be your first year back on the beat here yeah. with us. Last time A&M had a conversion rate like that against the Power Five. Six for six in the red zone and all touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it's that, one thing to go six for six, but six for six getting seven points in all of those situations. Yeah, that was huge. And, yeah. and so very impressive performance. You know, I thought it was – I thought it said everything about the game, uh, about how good the offense was playing and how they were just so locked in and, and on top of their game when uh, Kellen runs in down into about the four-yard line and they get the penalty – on uh, Prater, which, by the way, I applaud. And they move it back to the 19, and you're thinking, okay, well, are they going to end up having to kick a field goal? No, on the next play. Very next. They yeah. pick up the blitz, and Mon makes a perfect throw to Jamon Osmond, who ran a great route, and he's all alone in the end zone. And it's just a touchdown. It didn't even phase them that they got that penalty. Exactly. Not even phased them. 
Exactly right. Hey, the defense allowed 239 rushing yards like we talked about. Over 400 yards defensively. They allowed too many big plays. Six plays over 20, seven explosive plays if you go runs over 15 and passes over 20. But they also forced three turnovers in in a game. And all three of them were high, high effort plays. Mm -hmm. Effort plays to force takeaways. They weren't just gift wrapped. They weren't balls thrown right in your... Right in the, the bread basket. No. You had to go get it. Devin Morris, uh, a great example, just one of several examples we can bring up of max effort out there on the field the other day. So that, I thought Devin Morris had a heck of a game. That just stayed on the guy who's bobbling it on his back and takes it away from him. Then it was uh, um, Damani Richardson. Damani Richardson that mm-hmm. stripped the ball and, yep. and Renfro uh, – Recovered it, and then it was Miles Jones, I think, yep. that stripped one. They allowed a 25-yard pass, a crossing route over the middle. You don't want to do they, that. But they didn't. But they stayed with the play. <laughs> but if you're going to stay with the play and get yep. a turnover, then you, oh, then okay. Yep. And there's Jones, who we've criticized for not really being that, quote-unquote, interested in the, in the, in, in the tackle part game. Of the game. Right. And then he gets his he, he got in, in there. Yeah, he did. Rips it out. He made a nice, a nice play. Now, what has Osmond been harping on a lot is playing complementary football feeding off of each other so what happens what do you need to do ob when you get those big turnovers and sudden change situations turn them into points and turn them into points quickly yeah and that's what they did every all three of those turnovers immediately led to touchdowns for AM. so that was really good and all to stacks up to a blowout victory and yeah suddenly you know all the things that you were concerned about this team you they Jimbo Fisher's teams typically have historically have gotten better as the season progressed. Um, they're going to beat they're going to beat UTSA, so that, that's going to make them bowl eligible. And if they can uh, beat South Carolina, then you go into that Georgia game with some momentum, and yeah. who knows what's going to happen. You get that Mississippi monkey off your back too. There was a time people were talking about Clemsoning. Well, they don't anymore. There was a time people talking about well, A&M can't win any games in November. Well, that kind of he started the process of doing away with that last year. And oh, when is A&M going to beat LSU? Well, he started the process of doing that last year. Now, well, what about the dang Mississippis? Well, Jimbo's 3-1 and one against them. He's won three straight against the Mississippi school. So you got that. That was really good. Hopefully that becomes a thing of the past where it's very rare when you lose to those teams. We'll have more with Olin Buchanan next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Back with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report and back with Owen Buchanan. And it's time to do what I like to call a little three-pack. These are three topics with three answers per topic. And the subject at hand, of course, pertaining to A&M football. Coming off the win over Mississippi State, making it back-to-back wins, and then moving forward. The here, the now, the big picture with Owen Buchanan. It's three-pack. Number one, who is A&M's three best players as it stands today in order? So work this out. Now, I want everybody to know this. Like normal, I have not prepped Olin with these questions. I'm hitting him with him. First thought. Uh, Justin Matabike. Have to agree there. Kellen Mond. best player. And yeah, then, I'm with you on that. And then, oh, God, number three. Um, That's the tough one. Uh, not most ju- talented, but I know, just I know. who's having the best years. Well, you know, uh, I'll say Jamon Osmond. Okay. Over Buddy. Oh well, that that's one. I was thinking of him. I was still thinking of Courtney. Courtney, yes. And and Watermeyer. lately, lately Watermark. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think uh, that's where you're at right now. That's yeah. your top group. So who'd you put? I, I put uh, Buddy third. Who you putting third, Kendall from Keller? I would say. You going, Buddy? Or are you going, uh, Osmond? Break the tie. Jamon Osmond, Buddy Johnson. Okay. You're a right. smart woman. Dalton, you going Buddy or Osmond? <laughs> I'll go Jamon. Okay. So you go. All right. Now, uh, question two. A&M's most improved players or maybe surprise players. So you can go any either category there because it may be a young guy just totally shocked you, uh, but either in the improved category or the surprise category in order. Okay. Who kind of fits in that? Okay. Watermeyer's yeah. number one for me. Surprise or improved um. Um. Okay, Watermeyer. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you mine. Okay, I went Morris, Hansford, and Chapman as surprises for me. I didn't okay. expect much from those three guys. Okay. Um. 
I don't think I don't think if anybody's being honest that they're going to say they thought Watermeyer would be what he's become. Yes. So Watermeyer's number one for me. Um, who are the other guys you put? I put Morris, Hansford, and Chapman. But good point on Watermeyer. Yeah. Uh, I would say Chapman. I could see Chapman there. Uh, and, and Morris, I got to admit, I didn't expect anything from him. In no. fact, when he made a play, I had to go back and say, no, who's this guy? Um, when he was trotted out there, I forgot they and him had a number seven yeah. two weeks ago. Now he's a playmaker. Sure, either one of those guys fit because uh, uh, Hansford's actually played more than he has, mm-hmm. and, and and he may not have made the spectacular you know plays, but he's been a he's been a good guy. So any of those yeah. any of those guys, Kenny Green, I think uh, uh, could actually sure. be in there. I think anytime you have a freshman come in and play an offensive line and plays it reasonably well, it's it's somewhat of a surprise, even no matter how many stars you got by your name. Hansford's kind of been a play creator because most of his plays don't show up on the stat sheet. It's hitting a guy that mm-hmm. causes a big play yeah. somewhere else because he he's got a loud six-tackle year so far. No, I don't, I don't think any of the guys you mentioned are, uh, are bad choices. They're all good choices. I agree on Widemeyer. I just think Widemeyer – you know, he's, he's a guy. Spectacular. Yes, he's he's really emerging as not just a good player, but a a, a great one. Yeah, he's showing that kind of flash. Enjoy him for three years. He's one of those guys. Yeah, you, you, well, you start getting that gut feeling on some guys early. What about Damani on that? Did anybody expect Damani to play that much of as, as a freshman coming off the ACL injury? Uh, I don't know coming off the ACL, but I did expect him uh, to play as a freshman because at the Mississippi State game last year, I actually wrote my whole column was saying, all right, at least you can feel better because there's some freshman guys coming. And so I expected a freshman or two to play a lot in the secondary this year. He does make a great point about the ACL. This guy didn't even play a senior year, and now he's doing it in the SEC West at a high level. Led the team in tackles the other day, had had one of the three turnovers as a true freshman off an ACL. I'll give that's a pretty good point, though. I mean, he belongs in the conversation no, I, as a surprise. I don't player. have a problem with that at all. All right. If the Ags close the homestand with wins over Anaya Smith, who thought that? Yeah, you know, I know. Who really thought that Anaya Smith coming in before yes, the sir. season starts? I agree. There's a lot of those guys. If the Ags close this homestand with wins over UTSA and South Carolina and get to seven and three, most likely bowl. I mean, even if they do lose the last two at seven and five. What's your gut feeling right now? Uh, the Considering most, the whole landscape of the yeah, league right but, now. Um, yeah, then I would think they'd have a great shot. Uh, I kind of agree with Lou, Jim. Uh, three most likely in order. Three most likely. Okay, three most likely in order would be um, would be the Outback. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is probably as much as that pains to say me, uh, Texas Bowl. Uh, and then the next one after that is probably, you know. Gator? Gator, even though you go back, yeah, I think out back over they Gator don't because like the, yeah, they don't like to, yeah, and the you, league picks they, now, yeah. But typically, they don't want to put you in the same place. But I, th- I wonder if the league, the people that make these decisions, I wonder if they're aware that everybody wants to go to Florida, and therefore they understand that those Florida bowls are a little higher in the pecking order of what you know people want to see. You got to believe. If yes. if they if you believe that, then the pecking order changes to Outback, Gator, Texas. That would ignite the, even a return trip to Gator would be more exciting for Aggies. And and those who heard how good of a time people had out there, they'll tell their friends and I think the the crowd should probably be even better. It, it should be this. It, the in my opinion, and who cares what I think? The Texas Bowl, and this is not to be a knock on the Texas Bowl, okay, but the Texas Bowl should be further down the pecking order for A&M and maybe higher from some other – the point is, Aggies travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may not travel as well as, say, a team like Kansas State who travels like crazy, but they travel better than a lot of, of, of teams. And, and they, want to, they want to go places. So I think a lot of Aggies would rather, say, go to Nashville uh, then have a, a game in Houston. Maybe, maybe not. I, yeah, I could I be wrong right. on this. Whereas, similar if, if I was a team that, I mean, pick, pick one out that's going to be bowl eligible. Well, LSU likes Texas Bowl. Well, a lot of teams would like to go, I would think, go to Houston. A, the weather's going to be a little bit, bit better. B, hey, it's going to be an indoors. indoors. And C, the coach wants to, I, you know, there's good recruiting down there. Here's an opportunity. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. But for A&M, you know, it's most people in the bowl game don't want to go close to home. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a Vanderbilt and you don't get many games anyway, then you're thrilled to be oh, in sure. the uh, in the Music City or oh, Liberty yeah. Bowl. Yeah. But and, I think it's just, and I and wonder if you're A and M, you thrilled, you'll be thrilled every time you get to go the Cotton. That's different. Well, that's so, different, but that's a higher because that's an upper. So ilk. if yeah. you're, I just wonder if the people that make those decisions uh, with the SEC are aware of that. Yeah. Our thanks to Olin Buchanan. We'll go in the trenches with Cole Kublik of the SEC Network next on the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. I'd love to hear more. Do you have a card? This is it. This is when you can either let something happen or make it happen with your professional custom card from Vistaprint. And we're now introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. You pick the look, the style, and the statement you want to make in the moment. Now's the time to make something happen for your business. So for a limited time only, you can own the now with free shipping on all business cards in any quantity at vistaprint.com. Just use promo code 1414. That's vistaprint.com promo code 1414. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You two can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order. When you text OFFER to 84888, that's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio. And if you're not currently a premium or varsity-level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com. You're listening to the Tex-Ags Marina Y Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and it's time to go in the trenches with Cole Kublik of the SEC Network, who joins us right now on the hotline. Have you thawed out yet from that cold, rainy night in Lexington? You know, it wasn't that cold. Was it not? That was the good okay. part about it. Well, it looked cold. Probably, it was, no, I mean, it was, you know, probably 54, 55. Okay. Well, you're talking about a guy that wore a beanie in 65 degrees in Oxford the week before, so I thought it was cold. Oh, it looked cold. <laughs> I forgot I was talking to the softest member of the media that there is. Uh, That's right. Like a wool sport coat and a beanie. It was like 68 degrees. Good Lord. So I was no, feeling it for you as a fe- fellow ball game. Was miserable. Yeah, rain was miserable. Um you know, just kind of that nonstop rain. It got a little bit heavier at times. There was supposed to be bad wind, but that never really came through. So okay. that was a plus. And obviously, no lightning to delay the game. So that was, that was good. I think any wind or breeze you saw was Lynn Bowden running on everybody for 204 Ooh. yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Mizzou got worked again on the road by Kentucky, who looks like they're, they continue to find their identity and get better, right? 29 to 7. How valuable. I mean, think about number one, how valuable is Eddie Grant? Yeah. To, to Mark Stoops and his staff. He he keeps finding ways to make this offense go and be efficient, figure things out. And I, I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to take a few moments to think about it. 
is there a more valuable individual to his football team in the SEC than mm-hmm. Lynn Bowden? And when wow. I say that, what I mean is if you took it to just go to every team in the league, and if you took that guy off of his team, how many more losses would that equal for that team? Wow. And I'll be honest, I think Kellen's, Kellen's in that discussion. Oh, sure. Uh, I agree. But we don't really know. We don't really know what some of those guys behind him look like, but they're not near as mobile, so I don't have a feeling that they would even survive behind the way that offensive line's played. This Derek year. Brown, um, Joe Burrow, Lynn Bowden. Yeah, but I, but I mean, I think it. You know, listen, Derek Brown's a top five pick right now. Uh, he's the best interior defensive lineman in college football. Uh, he's, he's a top five player in college football. But you would still have Marlon Davidson. You would still have Nick Coe. There you go. You know, yeah. you, would, you would still have K.J. Britt's playing great at linebacker for them. They have a veteran lace secondary. They got T.D. Moultrie, Big Cat Bryan up there. If they could work around. I mean, like, I don't know if Derek Brown's not playing how many more games Auburn loses. Um, would they be able to have the, the same type of defense? No. But I don't know if that, if that necessarily – directly equates the losses. Joe Burrow's an interesting one, but like, like I think they lose to Texas if they don't have him. Mm-hmm. They, they might have lost to Auburn uh, if they don't oh, yeah. have him. Um, you know, they, they, they probably lose to Florida without him, so that's three, but outside of Toledo and Eastern Michigan the first two games of the season, without Lynn Bowden, I don't think Kentucky has a win after that. I really don't, because you go look at the games where he he has been their leading returner, both in the punt and kick return game. How many times he's been their leading receiver? How many times he's been their leading rusher? And that was a lot of that was with Terry Wilson. Well, then take Terry Wilson out of the equation and look what he's been. Leading rusher, leading passer, helping in the return game. So I, I think a lot of teams, when they got down to their third-string quarterback, especially, you would be saying, hey, man, we're just holding on for dear life. Well, Lynn Bowden's now a quarterback, and they're winning games. So it's amazing. I just I think it's an interesting discussion because a lot of people would would easily just say, "Oh, it's Tua, it's Joe Burrow." And listen, I get it; those guys are great. But what's what's Alabama going to be without Tua? Ten and two, I mean, <laughs> nine and three at worst. Yes, I mean Kentucky Kentucky might be a two or three win football team without Limbaugh. So uh, it's an interesting discussion, and it, it says a lot about just what he does. I asked Coach Poop after the game just what he means, and he kind of said the same thing. He's like. I don't. I don't really know if we win many games without him. So he's a special player, man. He's fun to watch. He really is. That's a fascinating conversation too. And and give, I'll give Stoops a ton of credit for trying it because coaches try to outsmart themselves, and they just said, "Look, we got to figure out a way to kickstart this thing." And he's our best playmaker. And to take your best playmaker on the on the perimeter out out of the play because you need him at quarterback. It's just that's a that was a heck of a coaching move by them, no doubt. It's it, it's turned out well, uh, but I'll say this too: you, you give Coach Duke some credit. You give Brad White some credit. He's first year defensive coordinator, and mm-hmm. I thought that losing their DC last year was really going to hurt because we knew losing Josh Allen and Chris Westry and Jordan Jones and um, you know all these different guys that had played on that defense for a while was going to hurt. But when you lose your DC on top of that. I just thought, man, it's just going to be struggle bus. By the way, they didn't even have Cash Daniel in that game against Missouri. But Calvin Taylor, Quinn Bohana, uh, those guys, T.J. Carter, that D-line is playing really, really good football. Nobody's talking about them because they don't have a superstar up there. They don't have a first-round pick. But that D-line is playing really good ball. And some of the younger guys in the secondary are starting to figure it out. And, you know, they, they play an interesting style of defense. They're, they're kind of bend but don't break. They're just they they don't give up explosive plays like that's kind of who they are, and it's crazy when you go look at the you know how many passing touchdowns they've allowed this year. How many? Kentucky has allowed three passing touchdowns this year. Wow, three. That's so impressive. They, and, and they're they're one of the best passing defenses in college football, and so they they listen. I, I understand they don't have a ton of NFL guys. They're, they're not going to match up with what Auburn is or Alabama is or you know, what Florida is from a personnel perspective, but you got to give them a lot of credit for how they're playing uh, as well on that side of the ball. For sure. Cole Kublick with us, former Auburn center. He's with the SEC Network, and he joins us every Tuesday. On the 12th Man Technology Hotline, Cole, a 49, Mississippi State 30. What do you think has been the key to the reemergence of the run game here the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, you, number one, you got to play Mississippi State. And uh, that's a team that has no idea who they are or what they're doing. So that helps. Um, I don't know if I have seen a more confusing team in this league in the last eight or nine years. But the offensive line did some good things. 
Uh, I think the continuity is beginning to grow a little bit. The understanding of what they need to be, I think, still are getting more reps is obviously helping. If you look at him in that game and then put the film on in the Clemson game, it's a totally different guy. Because I'm going to be honest with you, Gabe, he was tiptoeing in that Clemson game. And I remember seeing him in Orlando at the Under Armour All-American game thinking, woo, buddy, this guy can go. And he's got that giant rear end and lower body where you're like, okay, he's going to be able to generate some power. Like, I was excited to see him. And then I put the film on late in that Clemson game, and it's like, I mean, he was like riffraff, tiptoeing in his Jordans up to the line of scrimmage. Like I just, I didn't even know what I was watching. I felt sorry for Auburn him. too. Auburn, the Auburn, Auburn game is trying to block for that, but he's different now. Yeah. and that just comes with reps, that comes with experience, that comes with comfort, that comes with confidence, and he's gaining all of those things. And it's cool. It's been cool to watch how he's developed over the course of the year. And I think Kellen has helped too. I think Kellen has sort of realized, hey, I'm, I'm going to have to carry some of this. It's, it's just part of who we're going to have to be. And when you see him bust a run wide open and easily, easily 25 yards downfield could have just stepped out of bounds and he decides to lower his shoulder and try to run over a safety, I think that shows you right there that, you know, what Kellen Mond knows that he is to that Texas A&M offense right now. Like, he has to be a portion of the physicality that they have to inflict on their opponents. And that's okay because I think he also knows I can't do that 20 times a game. Like, I think he knows that. He's, he's very smart. I think he's an intelligent football player. But I think that was part of him trying to set the tone a little bit and, and, and trying to be part of that team's identity and physicality. And I'm cool with it because I, mean, I, I was sitting in my hotel room watching that game. I literally jumped out of my seat when Kellen did that. And I was just like, whoa, buddy. Like, he yeah. came to play. Oh, yeah. And I just think that – I think that's that was – that showed me that he has an understanding of how much his personality means to that offense being able to figure things out. And I think he kind of started, you know, you saw it a little bit in the old Miss game late. It was, at least this is the way that I saw it. I don't know if anybody said this, but I saw that as, you know, you, you were watching him and you're thinking that he's sitting there thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to do this. I'm, I'm going to have to carry this. And I'm going to have to be the guy that gets it done on the ground. And there were multiple instances that he did. So uh, it's been it's been pretty cool to see, and and obviously Matabuke still making plays up front, and you know that that D line still playing pretty good football, and that's helping them out as well. Is LSU? But they needed that one. That was that oh, one was, was huge, Gabe. I mean, when you look at what's left on the schedule, I mean that that was massive. That that was just you know South Carolina is attainable. Um, I've said for a while that they match up well with Georgia just yep. because of that D-line. We'll carry a four-game winning streak in there, Cole, and we'll see what happens because Georgia could get beat up between now and then a little bit. Yeah, the problem is, like, I just, you know, we were, we were talking about Kentucky's defense and nobody's talking about them. Yeah, nobody's talking about Georgia's defense, and it's probably time that they should start talking about them because they have been dominant. How many rushing touchdowns Georgia's allowed this year, Gabe? Tell me. That's a zero. Wow. Not a one. So that defense, that? you go look at the numbers, they are playing lights out. And nobody's talking about them. No, nobody's really talking about how great they've been. I think they've allowed 400 total yards two times this year. Twice. Every other opponent's been under 400 total yards. So they, they've been great. And that's going to be, I, I think that's your matchup. I, I think that... I think the A&M defense can cause some problems for, for the Georgia offense if they don't really unless they unless they rework some things during this bye week and we see it against Florida. Um, you know, I don't I don't know why they don't just lean on the run and lean on the O line and go play action, take their shots early in games, but Coach Coley's not gonna do it. So uh, I think that's your matchup is, is Kellen Bond versus that Georgia defense in that game. Thanks to Cole Kublick. We'll stay on the hotline with Aaron Torres next from Fox Sports Radio on the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. It is the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you and we continue the conversation around Aggie football and going around college football. Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio, joins us right now on the hotline. Is A&M really turning a corner, or was it just this is 
the Mississippi schools reverting back to what they've been sort of historically and because they've been pretty darn good during A&M's time in the SEC and A&M's been up and down they've struggled with those schools but uh, so far though here these last couple games it looks like A&M in my opinion is starting to turn a corner a little bit yeah you know I was going to actually ask you does the Mississippi State win count towards your bowl record or is that a second FCS school that doesn't (laughs) oh no too soon too soon Ouch. Well, that that you know what that's a knock on Moorhead because two two years ago they had they were they were a, a you know they were a ten win team going to big big time bowl games. I mean that ought to tell you how quickly Moorhead is torpedoed what was happening in Starkville under Dan Mullen. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, and and it's interesting because we have so many second year head coaches in this conference. Um, and, you know, I think Jeremy Pruitt has shown real signs of, of progress the last week or two at, at Tennessee. Um, you know, I think Matt Luke, all things considered, I think he's done pretty well at Ole Miss when you're talking about a major two-year bowl band players transferring. Um, even Chad Morris, I mean, I, I'm a, I was a little critical of him this weekend because his team just looked so unprepared, but he inherited a mess. And Joe Moorhead is the one guy that, you know, he inherited a great situation. Heck, he inherited a better situation than the guy that, that he replaced, Dan Mullen, oh, yeah. at Florida. And yeah. so, you know, I just sit there and I say that, you know, there are times where I, I'm always hesitant to, to make definitive statements on guys a year or two into their, their reign or their campaign as a head coach. But, like, I, I just think that he might not be the right fit at the right place. I will say I do think, as I said last week, going on the road, winning at Ole Miss was solid. I think Ole Miss – is a young team, but they're playing hard for Matt Luke, as I just alluded to. So a little bit of both. But, hey, listen, it's like you say, you can only play the games on your schedule, and if you caught Mississippi State as they're kind of headed in the wrong direction, that's okay. But as you just referenced, Gabe, you get right here for a few weeks before, obviously, the last couple weeks to close the season, which was which is obviously a big stretch we've been talking about since July and August. Yeah, and a big part of it's the quarterback. I think he's really coming on, Aaron, and uh, – get- you can sense that he's grasping the fullness of this Jimbo system, but at the same time, being on the inside, just being up close and personal with it, you can also really sense that Jimbo's doing some things to make sure that it, that the offense, yeah, it's still his offense, but he's doing some different things, mixing in a lot more zone reads, spread concepts, and 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 really accentuating the things that Mon does out, outstandingly well as a quarterback. He's running the ball a lot more, and that's fueling the run game too. Hundred percent, and and you know I think when you just what you just said there at the end is so important is it's about balance. And, and listen, I'll, I'll say this is that I think that you know we could look up and you know those losses that A and M had earlier in the year. Listen, Clemson and Alabama are still in pole position to make the college football playoff. Uh, I think Auburn has actually, despite whatever it is, a five and two record, six and two, they've exceeded my expectations in terms of how they've looked. Uh, in a lot of these big games. And so I bring all this up because you want to win every game. You're paying Jimbo Fisher a lot of money. We all get it. But it's also, I think it very well could be the competition. But to, to get to the point I was trying to get to is, and that, the thing that I have noticed the last two or three weeks, and it's not, I'm not, you know, cracking any amazing codes here, but just having balance in the offense is so key. It's key to any offense. You know, and now I'm going a lot of different directions, Gabe, but it was really interesting during that Oklahoma loss on Saturday, my buddy Dan Orlovsky from UConn was calling the game, and he brought up the good point that, you know, we think of Oklahoma as this high-scoring, you know, fast-paced, all that stuff, but it's really the run game that sets up the pass, and that's why they've had so much success over these last couple of years. That's a long-winded way of me saying that you need balance, and A&M has had more balance the last two or three weeks, and that has led – to a much improved Kellen Mond like it would any quarterback. All right, Aaron Torres with us, 12th Man Technology Hotline. How about some Week 9 reaction outside of Aggieland? LSU 23, Auburn 20. What was your instant take on that one? Yeah, really quick. You know, I I thought Auburn uh, showed up ready to play. I think they just ran out of gas late. The defense is on the field so much. My real quick kind of takeaway on LSU they just got to clean up some stuff uh, if they really think that they're going to beat Bama here. 12 penalties, 118 yards of penalty yardage. Yeah. 
uh, a muff punt that led directly to a touchdown, Joe Burrow, an interception in the red zone. You win and you move on. I'm never going to criticize the team for beating a top-10 team, home road, whatever, but you need to clean up the little stuff because the little stuff is going to turn into big stuff against them. Does it come down to, all right, if Tua is not 100%, I like LSU, and if Tua is 100%, I like Alabama. Is that where you are on this thing? (laughs) Um, Probably, yeah. I mean – you know, I think part of it is offensive line play. I mean, can they protect Tua? Um, but, yeah, no, and listen, I'll say this as well about LSU. Um, you know, their defense has been been very criticized this year um, because they're giving up a lot of points, but a lot of it is the offense uh, is scoring so much that the defense is just on the field more, but also they've actually been pretty good against the run. And so, again, I guess this is the theme of our conversation today, but, I, you know, as good as Tua is, I don't think he's going to be able to just sit in the pocket and throw 45 times to win that game. So it's him being healthy, yeah. but it's the offensive line protecting him and allowing just enough of a run game to create balance. But if Tua's healthy, I would lean Alabama, yes. All right, Texas falls to TCU, 37-27. to Ellinger wasn't the best quarterback on the field. That would go to the freshman, Duggan, and he throws four picks in that game. But then K-State. Over OU, 48-41. to I think I saw a stat where this is the most points K-State's ever scored against a top-10 team in the AP poll era, which is crazy. The Big 12, do you think they're out of the college football playoff hunt? Well, I don't think they're out. Um, okay. You know, Baylor's 7-0 and right now. You buying uh, it? And obviously, well, not really, but they do play most of their big games at home. Mm-hmm. Um and look, they're much improved. I don't they buy are. them big picture, all that. But I will say, you know, I don't even buy that Oklahoma. Oklahoma's been a one-loss conference champion the last two years. Our thanks to Aaron Torres. When we come back, the final segment, we'll run down the SEC games of Week 10 and a couple keys, what we need to see in the game against UTSA Saturday. All that next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom White Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryan or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. I'd love to hear more. Do you have a card? This is it. This is when you can either let something happen or make it happen with your professional custom card from Vistaprint. And we're now introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. You pick the look, the style, and the statement you want to make in the moment. Now's the time to make something happen for your business. So for a limited time only, you can own the now with free shipping on all business cards in any quantity at vistaprint.com. Just use promo code 1414. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 1414. Hey, Greg, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack. Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? That is really scary. You should call my life insurance agent at Health IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my family for just $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com slash easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com slash easy? Yep. HealthIQ.com slash easy. 
I want to keep my heart healthy. So I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol. And I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic. Cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires. Which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's run down the SEC matchups this week in the biggest game by far in the country and absolutely in the SEC is the old greatest outdoor, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Number eight, Georgia. Six and one, three and one in the SEC at number six, Florida. This is going to be a heck of a battle. Seven and one. The Gators are four and one in the league. 230. TIAA Bankfield in Jacksonville. This game's on CBS. How about the dogs in the neutral site game? Was They've had their own share of struggles here, favored by six and a half. You know, I'm not going against what I said at the beginning of the season and went against the grain and picked Florida to beat Georgia in this game and win the SEC East. And I feel going in, they got the, the coach factor, check, in favor of Dan Mullen over Kirby Smart on game day. Uh, coordinator factor, check, because, you know, Mullen's calling the plays and I against Dan Lanning, the defensive coordinator for Georgia, and offensive coordinator James Coley calling the play. He struggled big time for Georgia this year. More of a recruiter. They got him in a play-calling role, and he's not he's not shown up yet so far against Todd Grantham. Major coach factor in favor of the Gators here, and I'm not so sure that, that Jake Fromm's playing better football than Kyle Trask right now. I think Kyle Trask is playing better football. He might not be a better pro prospect, you name it, but he might be. I'm not seeing it with Fromm. He's a good little game manager, but I don't love him. I like Kyle Trask and what he's doing, especially with Mullen. I like the Gators. Gators in the points all day here, but I think Florida wins the game. Mississippi State, Mullen's old team, 3-5. and five. Boy, they've struggled since he left. 1-4 and four in the SEC at Arkansas. What a pillow fight here. 2-6 and six overall, 0-5 oh in the SEC. This is 3 o'clock at Razorback Stadium. They'll be napping by 4 p.m. It's on the SEC Network. Nobody's tuning into this one. Mississippi State minus seven and a half on the road. Sure, they'll cover it. They're better than Arkansas. They're not good. I think they'll cover it with they got more players. Ultimately, they'll cover that spread. Ole Miss, three and five overall, two and three in the SEC at number eleven. Auburn, six and two, three and two in the SEC, six o'clock at Jordan Hare Stadium on ESPN. I was pretty surprised by the spread on this. Eighteen and a half. I think this is easy non cover for Auburn. Ole Miss and the points. They got players. They've got a pretty explosive offense. The ground game, ball control can keep it away. Now, it's going to be tough sledding doing it on the road at Auburn with their defense. I get that. But can hold it long enough that I don't think they get blown out by three touchdowns. I just don't see 18 and a half. Auburn's having a tough time moving the ball with their quarterback right now. And Ole Miss actually has a pretty good front seven. So I'm going to say Ole Miss and the points, but Auburn will win the game. UAB. This is an interesting game. They're six and one at Tennessee, which is three and five, but playing much better football here. Six o'clock, Neyland Stadium on ESPNU, Tennessee minus twelve. I think they'll cover it. UAB scares you a little bit. They've been really good under Bill Clark. 
they were outstanding last year. They came into Kyle Field and played. They're, the, they're a pretty good little team here. So this might be a, a dang good football game in Knoxville, but I think Tennessee will cover minus 12. Vanderbilt, 2-5, and 1-3 in the SEC at South Carolina. 3-5, and 2-4 and four in the SEC. 6-30 at Williams-Brice Stadium on the SEC Network. The Gamecocks went into Athens and beat Georgia and are going to have to scrap, fight, and claw for everything they've got just to make a bowl game. And probably won't. If you had to say yes or no and put money on it, the answer is that they won't make a bowl game. South Carolina's got Vandy and then App State and then at A&M and then host Clemson. And they need three of those four games. I don't think they're going to. But I do think they win this game and win it going away. South Carolina minus 15. And I think South Carolina covers that spread. And that brings us to the game right here in College Station. UTSA 3-4 and four at A&M at 5-3, and three, 11 o'clock at Kyle Field. SEC Network and on many of these stations carrying this show, A&M minus 38 and a half. Well, what I want to see is A&M to go out there and the Aggies to establish their will and dominate an utterly overmatched opponent from the word go. They're able to do that. They're playing good football. UTSA's not been good this year. And we're talking like score, stop, score, stop, and score. And end it early with complimentary football dominate the game in all three phases against a weak opponent and number two make it a feel-good game get a big lead allow a bunch of guys to get action and not just get action get extended time on the field and get touches like a guy like Anaya Smith let him touch the ball eight or ten times within the flow of the offense in a game like this allow some of the guys who've been grinding it out during a redshirt season to get on Kyle Field because of the new rules you can play four games and still redshirt you know, Zach Calzada, this would be a good time to get him a little extra run. This will be his third game, and then you hold him again in case there's another situation down the stretch where you got to play him. You could play him in this game and one more, and he would still keep his red shirt. He's only played in two games. Maybe a guy like Dalen Wright, you know, he hadn't played at all. So would he come out and play a game like this just to give him a if, – if he's practicing the way you want to practice and not turning it in during a red shirt, and he's been a big part of the scout – and he's been grinding on the scout team, this is a perfect opportunity to play guys like that. And number three, just work on creating havoc defensively. It's starting to come. You're seeing more takeaways. We'll get more of those. You're seeing more pressure. Continue that. Get home and get more sacks and tackles for loss than you've been able to do throughout the course of this season. I predict A&M will slightly cover 38.5. I've got A&M 52 and UTSA 10 in this game Saturday, 11 o'clock, Kyle Field, on the SEC Network. Hope you've enjoyed the program. Big thanks to Olin Buchanan, Cole Kublik, Aaron Torres, and our producer, Dalton Hughes. I'm Gabe Bach. You've been listening to the Texas Ag's Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.